J.C. Ryle's Devotional Thoughts on the Gospel of Luke Section 38 Jesus Raises a Widow's Son Luke chapter 7 verses 11 through 17 And it came to pass the day after that he went into a city called Nain and many of his disciples went with him and much people. Now, when he came nigh to the gate of the city, behold, there was a dead man carried out, the only son of his mother, and she was a widow, and much people of the city was with her. And when the Lord saw her, he had compassion on her, and said unto her, Weep not. And he came and touched the bier, and they that bare him stood still. And he said, Young man, I say unto thee, Arise. And he that was dead sat up and began to speak. And he delivered him to his mother. And there came a great fear on all, and they glorified God, saying, That a great prophet is risen up among us, and that God hath visited his people. And this rumor of him went forth throughout all Judea and throughout all the region round about. The wondrous event described in these verses is only recorded in Luke's Gospel. It is one of the three great instances of our Lord restoring a dead person to life, and, like the raising of Lazarus and the ruler's daughter, is rightly regarded as one of the greatest miracles which he wrought on earth. In all three cases we see an exercise of divine power. In each we see an indisputable proof that the Prince of Peace is stronger than the King of Terrors, and that though death, the last enemy, is mighty, he is not as mighty as the sinner's friend. We learn from these verses what sorrow sin has brought into the world. We're told of a funeral at Nain. All funerals are mournful things, but it's difficult to imagine a funeral more mournful than the one here described. It was the funeral of a young man, and that young man the only son of his mother, and that mother a widow. There's not an item in the whole story which is not full of misery. And all this misery, be it remembered, was brought into the world by sin. God did not create sin at the beginning when he made all things very good. Sin is the cause of it all. Sin entered into the world when Adam fell, and death by sin. Romans chapter 5, verse 12. Let us never forget this great truth. The world around us is full of sorrow. Sickness and pain and infirmity and poverty and labor and trouble abound on every side. From one end of the world to the other, the history of families is full of lamentation and weeping and mourning and woe. And whence does it all come? Sin is the fountain and root to which all must be traced. There would neither have been tears, nor tears, nor illness, nor deaths, nor funerals in the earth if there had been no sin. We must bear this sinful and sorrowful state of things patiently. We cannot alter it. We may thank God that there is a remedy in the gospel and that this present life is not all. But in the meantime, let us lay the blame at the right door. Let us lay the blame on sin.
how much we ought to hate sin instead of loving it, cleaving to it, dallying with it, excusing it, playing with it. We ought to hate it with a deadly hatred. Sin is the great murderer and thief and pestilence and nuisance of this world. Let us make no peace with it. Let us wage a ceaseless warfare against it. It is the abominable thing which God hates. Happy is he who is of one mind with God and can say, I abhor that which is evil. Romans chapter 12, verse 9. We learn, secondly, from these verses, how deep is the compassion of our Lord Jesus Christ's heart. We see this beautifully brought out in his behavior at this funeral in Nain. He meets the mournful procession accompanying the young man to his grave and is moved with compassion at the sight. He does not wait to be requested to help. His help appears to have been neither asked for nor expected. He saw the weeping mother and knew well what her feelings must have been, for he had been born of a woman himself. At once he addressed her with words alike startling and touching. He said unto her, Do not weep. A few more seconds, and the meaning of his words became plain. The widow's son was restored alive to her. Her darkness was turned into light, and her sorrow into joy. Our Lord Jesus Christ never changes. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. His heart is still as compassionate as when he was upon earth. His sympathy with sufferers is still as strong. Let us bear this in mind and take comfort in it. There is no friend or comforter that can be compared to Christ. In all our days of darkness, which must needs be many, let us first turn for consolation to Jesus, the Son of God. He will never fail us, never disappoint us, and never refuse to take interest in our sorrows. He still lives who made the widow's heart sing for joy in the gate of Nain. He still lives to receive all laboring and heavy-laden ones, if they will only come to him by faith. He still lives to heal the broken-hearted and be a friend who sticks closer than a brother. And he lives to do greater things than these one day. He lives to come again to his people, that they may weep no more at all, and that all tears may be forever wiped from their eyes. We learn, lastly, from these verses, the almighty power of our Lord Jesus Christ. We can ask no proof of this more striking than the miracle which we are now considering. He gives life back to a dead man with a few words. He speaks to a cold corpse, and at once it becomes a living person. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, the heart, the lungs, the brain, the senses again resume their work and discharge their duty. Young man, he cried, I say unto you, arise. That voice was a voice mighty in operation. At once... He who was dead sat up and began to speak. 
Let us see in this mighty miracle a pledge of that same solemn event, the general resurrection. That same Jesus who here raised one dead person shall raise all mankind at the last day. The hour comes in which all who are in the grave shall hear his voice and shall come forth, those who have done good unto the resurrection of life, and those who have done evil unto the resurrection of damnation. John chapter 5, verse 28 and 29. When the trumpet sounds and Christ commands, there can be no refusal or escape. All must appear before his judgment bar in their bodies. All shall be judged according to their works. Let us see furthermore in this mighty miracle a lively emblem of Christ's power to quicken the dead in sins. In him is life. He quickens whom he will. John chapter 5 verse 21. He can raise to a new life souls that are now dead in worldliness and sin. He can say to hearts that are now corrupt and lifeless, Arise to repentance and live in the service of God. Let us never despair of any soul. Let us pray for our children and never lose heart. Our young men and our young women may be long traveling on the way to ruin, but let us pray on. Who can tell but he that met the funeral at the gates of Nain may yet meet our unconverted children and say with almighty power, Young man, arise. With Christ, nothing is impossible. Let us leave the passage with a solemn recollection of those things which are yet to happen at the last day. We read that fear seized them all at Nain when the young man was raised. What then shall be the feelings of mankind when all the dead are raised at once? The unconverted man may well fear that day. He is not prepared to meet God. But the true Christian has nothing to fear. He may lay himself down and sleep peacefully in his grave. In Christ, he is complete and safe. And when he rises again, he shall see God's face in peace.